I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast today, Krutika Kupali. She is assistant professor in the College of Medicine at the Medical University of South Carolina. She's also fellow at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Welcome, Professor. Thank you so much for your time today. Hi, thanks for having me. You are in the process of deploying the new vaccine, Pfizer and Moderna. Pfizer, I believe, has shipped. I don't know if Moderna have have shipped yet to your medical complex. Um, But if you could share with our listeners what the process has been like so far, that would be helpful. Sure. Uh, We are a Pfizer center uh, because we have the ultra cold uh, storage system at our institution. Uh, So we started distributing the vaccine last Tuesday. And uh, there were a couple of logistical challenges, just a delay with getting the vaccine. Uh, But otherwise, things have actually gone pretty smoothly. We've already gone through our first allocation of vaccines and have requested a second allocation uh, and have done pretty well in terms of getting people through the system and getting them vaccinated. Uh, We have numerous vaccination sites throughout our system where people can go and get vaccinated. And uh, we have uh, numerous slots throughout the day. And the demographics or the cohorts we're talking about, essential medical personnel, first responders, what, what is the constituency of vaccine recipients so far? Sure. The constituency of vaccine recipients follows the Uh, CDC's recommendation, which is also what our state health department has recommended. And right now we are vaccinating uh, healthcare workers. And so within our institution, uh, we have uh, three phases of how we're rolling the vaccine out to our healthcare workers. Uh, The first phase being those who directly come in contact with patients. The second being those who come within six feet of patients. And then finally, those who are essential to the functioning of the healthcare system. Doctor, have you experienced any of the allergic reactions that have been documented in the UK and in several US states? Uh, I myself personally did not uh, experience a allergic reaction when I got my vaccination. It went pretty smoothly. I got my vaccine and uh, was observed for about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, I did well. I had a little bit of soreness in my arm the following uh, day, which resolved within 24 hours. And so I actually did quite well and was happy to feel that way. And overall, if you can give us an assessment of your colleagues, obviously many of them have had the vaccine at this point, probably in the dozens at your medical center. It was the consensus that it was not producing any outcomes different from other safe vaccines that we've experienced in our lifetimes? Yes, that's absolutely correct. So I've had numerous colleagues at my medical center and friends and colleagues at other medical centers who've been vaccinated. And really the most common side effect that people have had has been the soreness in their arm that they had really that started later that evening or the next day that lasted for about 24 hours. Most of the people that I spoke with said that it felt like getting a tetanus shot Uh, where you have some pain in your arm the next day. Uh, Some of my older colleagues uh, who've already gone through this said that it felt like getting your Shingrix vaccine. But overwhelmingly, people have done well so far. Uh, That being said, the 
side effects that you tend to feel um, with the vaccine um, tend to be more strongly felt after your second uh, vaccine. So we'll see how we all do after our uh, next shot at the beginning of January. That being said, I really am not very concerned. I think that this is a normal vaccine, just like any other vaccine, where you expect to have some systemic side effects, which in my opinion is a good thing. It tells us that the immune system is doing what it's supposed to do. And you discussed some logistical challenges. Your center has these very specific uh, freezers um, that do not exist in every medical facility. In terms of the processes in place, are you confident that as the supply increases, you will be able to handle whatever capacity you need to deliver to patients? Yes, I think we will. Uh, The vaccine in and of itself does not take up that much room. When you get the shipment of the vaccine, I've actually seen it with my own two eyes. Uh, And so it doesn't take up that much room. So when we get more vaccine and need to uh, vaccinate more people and need to storage in this freezer, I'm not worried about us having the capacity to manage that. Um, And I think also, as many people are aware of at this point, uh, the Moderna vaccine was approved last week. And that particular vaccine doesn't require the ultra cold uh, storage. And so that can be kept in a regular freezer. And most uh, hospitals have the capacity uh, to be able to do that. And so that'll make things easier as we continue to move through this process of uh, approving vaccines and getting them out there. What weighs on you as someone who has traveled through this pandemic and likely was exposed to the early stage of both hospitals and society, not having the preparedness and the mentality that we ought to strive for in mitigation strategies outside of vaccinations. You are in South Carolina. Um, How would you reflect on the climate there uh, in, in terms of informed citizens who are taking precautions as much as possible, and and how would you relate it to, you know, your experience over these months and whether the situation has evolved since the first resurgence or the first surge that you experienced in South Carolina. Well, I think I have a unique perspective. So I was in California at the start of the pandemic and moved to South Carolina in the middle of August. And so I think I have a unique perspective in the fact that I've lived in two very different states um, in two different parts of the country um, that have been experiencing this pandemic. And um, I think that it's, you know, in terms of my experience in South Carolina, I think that uh, things are much more open uh, than they had been in California when I was living there. When I was living there at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the uh, businesses and restaurants and things like that were uh, much more uh, restricted and locked down. Uh, whereas when I moved to South Carolina, uh, businesses are much more open. Uh, uh, businesses are open for uh, outdoor and indoor dining. Bars are open. 
Um, I think that there's um, definitely a different uh, perspective on the uh, coronavirus here than there was in California. Uh, so I think it's definitely been um, interesting to see that. I think also just uh, as we now move into the, you know, really the 12 months, so we're, you know, coming up on a year of this virus being found, I think overall, just as a society, uh, a lot of people are feeling uh, tired of the public health measures that have been, been implemented in regards to the pandemic. And uh, people, especially with the holidays coming up, want to go see their family, their loved ones, their friends. And it's been um, very um, important for those of us who work in public health to continue to emphasize that we really need to double down on these measures right now, given the surge we're seeing across the country, um, especially with, you know, this newfound hope we have with the vaccines coming. And so I think um, really trying to get people to hold on as we roll out this vaccine um, has been um, an important message and something that we're really trying to communicate to people right now. Do you think that it's a lack of knowledge or a lack of discipline or both? Well, I think there's been a couple of things that have happened. I think from the beginning of uh, the pandemic in this country, uh, it was unfortunately very politicized. And we, from the beginning, didn't have clear leadership. We did not have good communication. And so when you add those three things in together, you have the situation that we've um, come into in the United States, uh, where, you know, again, we have different states doing different things, um, people getting mixed messages, not being sure how to interpret the information. Um, and I think that makes it very challenging. Our CDC scientists are amazing. They work really hard. They are great communicators. But during this pandemic, the CDC has been effectively sidelined. And we really need to get those communicators, those scientists out there uh, helping to communicate and engage our communities to help educate people about what the correct science is. And I think one of the challenges has been is we've had scientific information coming out at a rapid pace, unlike any other time in our history. And with that and changing scientific information, the importance of communicating that is extremely important. And I think that without having people who can adequately communicate that information, engaging communities to disseminate that information and help people understand uh, the importance of that information and why things are being done, I think uh, that's part of the reason why we're in the situation we're in. I also think that the message about why it's so important to get the pandemic under control has been very mixed. It's not the pandemic or the economy. People really need to understand if we get the pandemic under control, the economy will come with that. Unfortunately, in our country, it's become very politicized where people feel like they have to make a decision between the pandemic or the economy. And so that's another uh, very challenging situation we've had to deal with. You describe South Carolina as being more open, um, not restrictions, lacking face mask mandates, um, and, and likely on a whole, not as much self-isolation and quarantining and, and maybe even not as much respect for if you're feeling ill, 
or if you came in contact with someone who was ill, staying home, and those being some of the differences. But for the businesses that are operating, um, and it sounds like they're operating at full capacity, um, have the have measures been taken to make those experiences as safe as possible? So, for instance, plexiglass, uh, social distancing within a facility. To the best of your knowledge, are things open with protocols being followed that were not prior to the pandemic? I, I believe so. I can honestly say I've only been here since the middle end of August and uh, between going to work and coming home and maybe occasional trips to the grocery store, I haven't gone out very much. So I can tell you from my limited experiences, uh, what I have seen is, yes, they have taken measures. Uh, You see plexiglasses up at supermarkets uh, to protect the cashiers, so our important frontline workers. Uh, You see signs and you see people uh, being told and reinforcing uh, the importance of physical distancing. It is important and it's, as far as I can tell, people are respecting uh, having to wear masks uh, inside businesses. So it's definitely being taken seriously um, on a business level uh, to try and do things to help mitigate the spread of the infection. Uh, So, but it it is different than other parts of the country where again, uh, you do see limitations on indoor dining. Uh, I definitely have seen uh, places where you can dine indoors here. Uh, I definitely do see bars and things like that open, uh, which is different than other parts of the country. With regard to the metamorphosis of the virus, so the expectation that there will be not just mutations now, but mutations in the future, what's the sense you have on the feeling in the scientific and medical community about efficacy, knowing that this virus will naturally mutate and, you know, become genetically different over time. Sure. Well, I can answer that on some level. I'm not a virologist or an immunologist. So uh, I think those individuals could probably give you a much better and more detailed um, answer, but this is a coronavirus and uh, it is an RNA virus. And we expect RNA viruses to develop mutations uh, that is understood and that's expected. And uh, I think there's definitely some concern with, you know, I've heard a lot of concern with this new UK variant and questions coming up. Oh, will the vaccines still work? And yes, the vaccines will still work against this variant. I think that uh, with time, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I don't think there's any concern right now that uh, this will affect um, the vaccines. Uh, but over time, you know, we may require booster sh- shots or things like that as uh, more and more uh, mutations occur. That will be wait. That will be a wait and see type of uh, process, and I will leave that to uh, the virologists and immunologists and uh, scientists who work on uh, developing the vaccine to make those types of decisions. They are much more informed in that type of process than I am. If there's one thing that you want people to do besides stay home over the holidays in protecting themselves, what would it be? I think it would be uh, continue to try and adhere to these public health measures we've been talking about uh, for the last year. I know they can feel tiresome at times, and I know that they can be hard, 
listen, I have to deal with them as well. And they're hard for me. I don't get to see my family. I uh, go to work and I come home and I don't get to go out either. But if we're going to get this pandemic under control, it's going to take all of us collectively uh, doing the things that we need to do. And that includes washing our hands, wearing our face masks, uh, maintaining our physical distance. And really importantly, over the holidays, it's going to be abstaining from social gatherings that are large. Uh, A lot of what we're seeing now with the spread of the coronavirus is that it's happening in gatherings that people are having at their houses. And when they have people over and they mix households, that's when it's happening. And so again, I know that it's a really hard ask for people. That being said, we are rolling out vaccines and we need to get the rates of community transmission down uh, by having the community transmission levels high and letting the coronavirus run rampant. That does also increase our risk of having mutations and things like that happen. So we need to try and get the rates of transmission down and we need to roll out this vaccine as quickly as possible and get people vaccinated. Uh, but it's going to take everybody coming together uh, to work together to do these things. Kritika Kupali, doctor, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.